Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave of the Cross Apologetics. I'm Patrick. And I'm Tony. And we are uh, continuing on from our book, uh, Truth in a Culture of Doubt. Yeah. And we're kind of smack dab in the middle, continuing on with our uh, kind of third uh, chapter here, Are the Biblical Manuscripts Corrupt? And so uh, what our authors are doing is kind of taking uh, Bart Ehrman's kind of most known uh, book, Misquoting Jesus, and uh, they're pulling from it kind of six main arguments on uh, addressing the corruption of the biblical manuscripts. Barterman says that, you know, if, if, the, if the Bible was truly inspired by God, he would have this mysterious way of preserving it, uh, whatever that might mean. Yeah. And so here he's <laughs> he's lobbing six grenades into that, that idea that uh, people who haven't thought about how the Bible was transmitted or preserved or uh, maybe scandalized at some of the, the dealings of God throughout <laughs> history uh, would would undertake. And so uh, some of these are true, but need context. And some of them don't seem to be true, but are positions that Bart Ehrman either holds or uh, presents in his book that need further clarification. Right, right. yeah. And so uh, we kind of, uh, in our last episode, laid kind of the groundwork for the six, and now we're continuing on with, uh, with the first claim of uh, we don't have the original New Testament manuscripts. We only have copies of copies of copies. So we have no idea if what we now have is what the original manuscript said. Uh, so this is kind of like the old uh, post office type. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the attempt to telephone. Yeah, telephone. Yeah, you know, you yeah, tell somebody yeah. at the back of the class and they yeah. keep passing in purple monkey dishwasher <laughs> at the end. You know, I heard Skinner say the teachers will crack any minute. Skinner said the teachers will crack any minute purple monkey dishwasher. Well, we'll show him. Especially for that purple monkey dishwasher remark. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all get a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's he's claiming that's what happened with the, it, since you know we don't have what the originals are. That's that's what happened. Right. Yeah. And 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 no one claims uh, you know unless you're a, like a super super fundamentalist about of uh, of what what the originals you you change what the originals are to fit that definition. But no one uh, disputes the fact that we don't have the original manuscripts. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, he starts off this section by, you know, asking the question, the text of the New Testament, is it reliable? Right. Is yeah. it reliable? The text that we have, you know, we all know ancient literature by way of copies. That's how we know all of ancient literature, not originals. Right. We don't have right. the original of Plato or whoever, Virgil, whoever. Right. And so in this way, the New Testament really is no different than all the rest of the uh, ancient literature that we have. Right, in right? this aspect, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. right. But the New Testament is different, however, from all other ancient literature in that, at least in terms of what we're talking about here, it is far uh, the far and away the best attested book in antiquity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and any, anybody from the Roman period to the, the Grecian period, to any period around the time of the Bible, would kill to have as many the, the manuscripts and, and oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. The copies and the preservation <laughs> and just I mean it, it's it's quite uh, interesting how how far and away the the Bible is as far as the number of manuscripts within short periods of time you you know you can look at it five hundred years out a thousand years fifteen hundred years yeah. and just see this was an important document oh, to yeah. say the least yeah, <laughs> to, to yeah, the world yeah. And, you know, more so than, you know, uh, Augustus Caesar living or, you know, uh, Homer is the next one. Homer's uh, Iliad is right. the next most yeah. uh, copied uh, version. So um, e even within that, you have textual variants within oh, that, yeah. too. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, so uh, 
in uh, ancient manuscripts of any kind are difficult to come by, obviously. Uh, the, the world that they lived in, the type of material that they were made from. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason that uh, Northern Africa seems to be where a lot of these things Stuff come from. The Qumran Valley, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, just how, how uh, these scribal communities preserved manuscripts, uh, the, the air, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the salt water coming in. I mean, all these things corrode. Time keeps moving, moving, and unfortunately, so do the manuscripts. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, consider the number of manuscripts that exist for some significant works of antiquity. Uh, So uh, what? Like what? The the works of Roman historian uh, Tatticus were written in the first century. Three manuscripts. Three manuscripts. Right. All right. Right. Well, we got three manuscripts of Tatticus. Okay. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean he's a Roman historian, so yeah, yeah. obviously no one no one needed his work. Yeah. Uh, the Institutes by uh, Gaius was written in the second century, three manuscripts. Okay, so there we are. Yeah. three. So right. three seems to be a good number. Here. Three yeah, you know, manuscripts. Right? Right, right. I mean, you you can check and say, right. okay, is this one like this one like this? One? Yeah, three. Right. Yeah. Uh, the history of Rome again. Uh, you know, the formation of the 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 birthplace of humanity. One of the greatest from, empires that ever existed. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, written first century by uh, uh, Pet. Patilicus. Okay. Um, and we only have uh, one manuscript. Oh, just one of those. Yeah. Okay. Because they're so well used, probably. That's why. <laughs> everyone had a copy. It's like uh, the, the Da Vinci Code. Everyone had a copy. It sat on everyone's shelf. Um, uh, probably one of the most well-known one, the Jewish Wars by the historian Josephus. Right. Oh, from yeah. the first century. Yeah. Uh, yep. we, we, we kind of... Um, uh, show that uh, Jesus was known outside the Bible mm-hmm. from, from from these ones. Right. He talks about yeah. Jesus and what he went through and how kind of... The life he lived, and that's what yeah. Thing, the, 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 the wars the, yeah. the Jews fought, and I mean, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting read from a historical perspective. Uh, so uh, a little bit more than three, mm-hmm. we have fifty manuscripts. Whoa, from okay, so that's that's yeah, yeah. fifty of right. those, yeah. And and so a lot of people for, who are studying from that point of view use all of these mm-hmm. as as sources of information oh, yeah. Yeah. to inform them about the history of Rome, Roman society. Uh, the, the, I mean, the, where the, do we get this the, through the, Rome right, from? The These of manuscripts, the Middle East. right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how does that contrast with the Bible there, Tony? Well, by contrast, <laughs> the Bible has a little more than 50. 50 is a lot, right? Yeah, 60. The, yeah, 60. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a little bit more than that. By contrast, we have over 5,800 surviving manuscripts in the New Testament. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Over 5,800 surviving manuscripts. What's more, we have uh, innumerable citations of the New Testament manuscripts by way of the early Christian writers and teachers, right, right that were in the early church. Right. So they, they, they quoted, in fact, these citations are so numerous that uh, Metzger and even Bart Ehrman have declared that these citations would be, notice this, sufficient alone for the reconstruction of practically the entire right. yeah. New Testament, just from citations right. and quotations of these early Destroy Christian all the fathers. manuscripts, yeah. just cite secondary sources of the early church fathers yeah. or uh, people that are pulling quotes from, you get the New Testament. Yeah, again. how about that? <laughs> well, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. But fifty eight hundred surviving manuscripts. Yeah, and um, th- there's a uh, there's a group out there that is doing 
spectrometer uh, scans of these, and so that number does fluctuate here and there because oh, what 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 this library counted uh, is double counted, or oh, we we found the scroll rolled up and they did a a laser X ray <laughs> of it and is able to unroll yeah, it digitally, yeah. and so that's another that's another yeah. manuscript, uh, yeah. and so yeah. th- they're always releasing different things, and you always hear uh, like P uh, fifty eight P sixty three all these things, so P is for parchment, uh, so there are are these these snippets within early early um uh, uh copies of of that original one i think john eight is uh is is kind of the p36 i think that's one of the earliest yeah, ones yeah um yeah. so well, i think it's is it 18 it might be 18. oh it could be yeah could yeah. be so it, it's uh it's uh quite interesting to to look at these these old ones and 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 see wow this is generations um uh there's you know small leaps forward not huge generations of 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 copies in in between and so um, we're kind of able to trace a little bit of the, the history of what, what the original looked like. Yeah. So um, the New Testament not only has more manuscript evidence than any other book from a similar time period, it also has the smallest time gap between surviving manuscripts and the original manuscript of any work of antiquity, showing that people viewed it as an important document. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, so instead of a gap of maybe a thousand, for here's the first, here's when it was written, and here's the first kind of manuscript that, we, that survived mm-hmm. a thousand years, maybe uh, 500 or a thousand years, it's a whole lot shorter than that right. for the New Testament. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's quite amazing just understanding what the, the history of the early churches as it uh, um, is in contrast with uh, the Roman history of coming in and viewing it as a... a uh, 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 religion of uh, derision and rebellion <laughs> and, you know, wanting to scapegoat uh, Christians for the, the fall of Rome and the burning of Rome. And then uh, 300, um, you have you have um, uh, 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 Roman Caesar going out and saying, find, find these books and burn them. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, in, in the, the um, 300 uh, AD time period, you have the destruction of so many early sources. And so what would have been preserved theoretically if those hadn't been the case. Been, yeah, and so the fact yeah. that we have 5,800 from, from a time period where even Christians faced persecution is quite, quite amazing. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, the New Testament itself was written between uh, AD 50 and 90, and our earliest manuscripts date to only about 50, uh, 35 years after the last book of our so we have New a Testament scrap, was actually a scrap of a manuscript that's <clears throat> about only 35 years after it was written. Right. Well, yeah. Right. And, and and that's just a known one. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, surviving today. So and it it looks pretty. Torn up, but, you know, you'd probably look the same after 2,000 <laughs> that's, years. That's right. <laughs> and we have many more manuscripts yeah. from the 2nd through the 4th century. So, um, you know, when, once you kind of got out of persecution or once it, uh, the gospel spread to the world, it's hard for the, the might of Rome to kind of come down on everything. So, yeah. so yeah. it was the first blockchain, you know, it was the, <laughs> it was the first, uh, you know, uh, tra- tracing of, of uh, family copies right there. Yeah. Also, the relatively small temporal gap, the time period, means that it's unlikely that the textual tradition could have been radically changed, you know, during the uh, intervening period without there being evidence for changes visible in the manuscripts that, uh, you know, we have available today. Right, right. right? So you'd have to have someone with 
a lot of power and, and might and uh, being able to erase the, the the naughty versions that, you know, say, oh, Jesus was actually a woman or, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> Jesus said uh, to, to have multiple wives or, you know, wh- whatever, whatever you think it might have been originally in there. And if you watched enough uh, uh, back back in the day when History Channel used to play actually history things, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, what the Bible, what the original Bible really said. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, the, then then you're uh, your your fanciful imagination, and then you look at the the secondary source, and you go, oh well, that's not even in there either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So really, what this means, in other words, is that if a particular manuscript of a New Testament book, let's say Mark, had been changed by a scribe in the late first century or early second century, it is unlikely that the change would have been uh, able to be uh, to replace the original reading quickly enough so that our third and fourth century copies of Mark would fail to preserve the original text at all. Right. right? right. So that's yeah. that's the idea here. Because of this small gap between when we have what we have from when it was written. Mm-hmm. Right. So what Ehrman is uh, arguing is not merely that significant changes might have crept in immediately after writing the original text. What he is saying, not only did those changes creep in massively and immediately, but that then there's also no trace of these changes, even in the early manuscripts. So that's a, that's a pretty significant claim, right? right? There's no trace of these changes right. at all in the manuscripts, right? Still, still so a possible. So they snuck in there, but we don't make, know. Them. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's still a possible conclusion, but with extraordinary claims comes extraordinary. That's <laughs> right. That, that works both ways. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we uh, uh, that uh, we submit is undue skepticism coupled with a dose of conspiracy theory, which everyone likes. So, you, you know, you got your Dan Brown in there. Yeah. Uh, Ehrman's claim is we have lost traces of the original because of the changes, uh, but he has no way of knowing that. Yeah, how in the world, if we don't know what the original is, then how do you know it was changed? Right. Right. I right. mean, how do you know that we, what we've lost if we don't know what the, what it really was, right? I mean, it's kind of a, you know, that's not, uh, you know, that's kind of a, a weird kind of argument, mm-hmm. right? right? We don't know what the original was, but we know we don't have the original. Well, right. I think that they're right. They're, they're That's just being, you know undue skepticism, mm-hmm. right? That's being obstinate, right? right? <laughs> and I think even making that claim of, uh, we know this thing isn't in the original. Yeah. Well, how do you know if you don't know what the original right, was? Right, I mean, right. unless it's You can't dated. have it both ways, yeah, right? You right. can't, you really can't have it both ways, right? <laughs> you have a little carrot asterisk <laughs> and circled, like uh, we're, we're, we're stapling this, this extra manuscript to, to John 8. So there's uh, John 8.5 or or something yeah, like so either we know what the original was and therefore we know what the changes are, or we don't know what the original was and therefore... Everything is yeah, available. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it is more likely that we have the changes and the original in our manuscript tradition since we have so many other copies. Right, and, and so that's a really important point, right? We have so many copies that... Uh, we probably have the original among all of the various copies, right? right? And so the idea here is just to find, you know, what what the original was. Right. And so if if you uh, um, heard the term textual criticism, um, that that's the group of people that study the manuscripts, the the vari- the, the variants, tracing families of variants, t- talking about. Uh, you know, different classifications, how strong a variant is, all these things. So uh, uh, you have like Michael J. Kruger, uh, James White, uh, to name just a, a couple of people that are out there doing the work. And, you know, uh, er- Ehrman as well. He's, yeah. he's doing yeah. the same type of work with uh, 
uh, under uh, uh, Mechatir before him. So, and that's just in general, but with the New Testament, we know the original is in, you know, the words are in there, right? right? Because, right. you know, it's God's word. All right. And and if we say that's not the case for here, then we can't do it for really any right. book of antiquity of, of exactly. that of that era. So, in other words, we have too much of the text, not too little. Mm. Uh, you know, so uh, when, when people make the, the claims, how do you know what was originally in the Bible? They, there could be massive changes. Well, then all those documents that we do have, you're going to have to find it somewhere. Right, right. So uh, we could well say that it is more likely that our problem is that we have 105% of the text, <laughs> not that we have lost some of it. And right, so, right. Uh, you know, it, again, um, th- th- there are kind of grades of, of, of different types. So, you know, if you're, and, and we do this all the time if we're if, if back in the day when we're hand copying things on, on this thing called paper before <laughs> before technology. Paper, what's that? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're reading a line and, you know, the, the uh, quick brown fox jumped over the um, you know, lazy dog and you get to the end of lazy and then you start the new line. You forgot that you wrote lazy. And so and now it's the lazy, over. lazy dog. Yeah. Well, that's a textual variant. Yeah. That's a yeah. textual variant. You're copying from so the original. So what was the original? Right. Was it lazy, lazy or just lazy right. or what was right. it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't know. Right. So uh, that's the nice thing about it is because you have so many, you have so many to, to compare. Yeah. And you have, you have different generations, different families. Um, and and a, a whole group of, of study notes that you can do this from, with with the the Christian documents, this, this stuff isn't new or unknown. Might not be taught in church. Might not be known because you hear oh textual variant. You might think oh that's a little difficult to understand, or well, that might challenge my faith. But honestly, it's there actually to support mm. the the fact that your foundation uh, in, in faith in the Bible and the trust in the Bible is is well founded because it's it's so well preserved. Yeah. Good, yeah. All right, so the, the second claim here in terms of this chapter, are the biblical manuscripts corrupted, is, um, is this. Here's the issue here. He says, while many variants, that is, differences in the New Testament manuscripts are insignificant, right, like lazy, lazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> in many cases, the likely original reading is highly disputed, Erdman wants to tell us, and the most likely rendering affects core Theological beliefs, right. right? So these are huge, important, uh, he says in many cases, changes that have really affected what's going on here, right, right is the claim here. Right. Right? So th- there's there's no John 1. Uh, we don't know where Jesus was in the preexistence, <laughs> and so uh, that's just added later. So uh, if, if you can find that a change was made there, then we question where Jesus was uh, before he was incarnate. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, 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 there are there are implications to to that claim, and so yeah. we should be able to to see these these uh, these different uh, communities coming around and and uh, saying, "Oh no, I have the real Jesus. No, I am the real Jesus. I'm Spartacus." <laughs> so, in misquoting Jesus, uh, Ehrman is uh, particularly interested in surveying the most significant variants. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in order to call into question the reliability of the New Testament, he writes this. Uh, in some instances, the very meaning of the text is at stake, depending mm-hmm. on how one resolves a textual problem. Was Jesus an angry man, like Mark one forty one says? Was he completely distraught in the face of death, Hebrews 2, 8, 9? Did he tell his disciples that they could drink poison without being harmed, Mark 16, 9 through 20? Is the doctrine of the Trinity explicitly taught in the New Testament First John five seven through eight. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
Okay. I mean, so some of those are good. Good questions, right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is Jesus an angry man? Is, is that, is that <laughs> to find out that's not the case? Is that going to upend your, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that there are, there are answers to these questions, yeah, right, but, right, but is, right. is that such a theological <laughs> challenge? Okay. Yeah. Did he get angry yeah. is mainly the, really the problem. Several <laughs> responses are in order concerning these specific examples listed by Urban, right? First, Urban seems to want to have his cake and eat it too. This is what we've been talking right, about. Right. On the one hand, in the previous quote and in much uh, of uh, misquoting Jesus, he seems to want to leave the impression that we don't really have a clue what the original said, right? But on the other, Erdman is confident that he has determined which reading is the earliest, as you can readily see once you read his explanation of the textual evidence. So he wants to have it both ways, and of course, you know. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, second, in three of these cases, almost all evangelical scholars and uh, translations would agree with Ehrman. Yeah. Okay. They, these are these are passages that are, yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah. are issues. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, most modern uh, Bibles exclude the variant uh, Trinitarian formula found in a small number of manuscripts in f- uh, 1 John 5, 7 through 8. Mm-hmm. And this is something, too, where where when I was be talking to Mormons, this is the one verse that I w- would use until I learned about this, and then I removed it because, uh, you know, th- I found out there are other ways to, to show that the, the Trinity is in the Bible. The full of it. New Testament is full of right. it, right? Yeah. And so, we, it, yes, it, it would be nice to, talk, to, yeah. to find a verse that says, and the Trinity as defined <laughs> by I, Paul, would state this. And so, yeah. uh, so First John uh, 5, 7 through 8, for there is there are three that testify in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Of these three are one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, due to the manuscript evidence against such reasons. Right. So, right. so Christians have known about this. Yeah. Uh, if if you open up your Bible, it's if it's got study notes, it's probably bracketed. It's mm-hmm. probably uh, uh, index uh, italicized. Yep. There's probably a note at the bottom. It's telling uh, you that this is yeah. This right. May or may not have been in right. the original. Yeah. And so, you know, why was this done? And I, I don't think they get into it. But one of the the, the theories behind it is that the, uh, the person copying this that that made its way early was. As we put notes in our books, uh, a scribe came along and wasn't sure if that that note was there. And so, oh, is it better to copy everything or to be unsure and leave stuff out? Yeah. Uh, and I forget. Th- there's a specific term, and I forget. Like it's it's a it's an attempt to be um, holy or, or something like that. <laughs> so you it, the 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 scribe would want to copy more things, and so once that gets entered in uh, early, then it's 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 entered into the the stream of the the copies right. and so yeah. um so th- th- there are other books out there that talk about this and so i uh, encourage you to uh, to find one on that if that one is uh, of particular interest to you yeah good yes third uh in the uh the other four examples that uh, we we saw uh different textual critics have come to different conclusions mm-hmm. right so for instance uh if mark were depicting jesus as being angry in mark 141 this would not be the only place where the New Testament portrays Jesus as angry or in, indignant. Right? Mm-hmm. Matthew uh, 21, 12, Matthew 23, 13 to 36. The Bible in no way equates all anger with sin. Right. So, you know, this doesn't cause a major theological problem, no matter which reading is adopted. Right. right? And so that should challenge your idea of who Jesus is. If, if you're, you know, thinking he's a peace loving hippie. He never got yeah. angry. He right. was always happy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> happy but Jesus. He, he never went into the temple <laughs> once or twice, depending on your take on that. Yeah, and so, that is, yes, yeah. there, there are questions that, that, that come up about this. 
but that's because of how the Bible is preserved and transmitted. And one could argue that this is one of the best ways to have transmission, this this entering into history using the scribal process, uh, entering into to the time period that it was with Rome, all lead, uh, all roads led to Rome, but they also <laughs> all led out of Rome. That's right. There was a uh, universal you could language. You both ways there, yeah, right? right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, depending on what side of the street you walk on. Uh, and so, you know, uh, unlike the Quran, where, you know, you have the Uthmanic uh, revision, where he collects all of them, burns all of them, and says, here, this is the only one you're going for. For the Quran, you don't have notes at the bottom. Right. You, you know, you... you there are very few preserved uh, pre-Uthmanic revision uh, texts for the Quran, and uh, uh, it's hard to say that what is in the modern Quran is what was there in the original. Now, there are theological implications that, that Muslims bring into that say, you know, it's uh, it's preserved from on high and kind of handed down in this uh, kind of gold plate fashion, uh, but uh, with the New Testament, we don't see that. And I would I would think that uh, this... this um, preservation of the word through this way shows, well, how do we know what salvation is? Hmm. Well, I can be confident because the the text hasn't been altered. Yeah. And where it has or where there are questions, there's a note. We can identify it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in summary, uh, the point here is is not that the reader should be concerned with what the original text actually said uh, in the cases in question. Ehrman is right to argue that these variants are important. They are. Right. What the original text actually said does matter, though. Yes. So, however, Ehrman is wrong to give the impression that depending on the variant reading chosen, there is some kind of irresolvable problem for the Bible. Uh, as we have seen in several cases, he uh, adduces a reading that uh, virtually all scholars, conservative or otherwise, agree is secondary. Mm -hmm. In other cases, even Ehrman's reconstructed wording is correct. There is no problem uh, because a given textual assertion is also found in other places in the New Testament and no real theological uh, contradiction or incongruity exists. Right. So there are other places in the test in the New Testament that talk about, for instance, Jesus being angry, right? When he cleansed the temple right. and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, so what's the big deal? Right. It tells Peter, get me behind me, Satan. I'm sure he didn't say it with a, sm a smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, in, in interviews, Bert Ehrman also gets asked, you know, by the reporter, well, what do you think the original Bible said? And even he's readily admit, well, it's pretty much what we have now. <laughs> So sometimes one gets the impression that Erdman believes uh, simply by casting doubt on the New Testament's uh, reliability that he's proven his case, right? Uh, but not so. He and others like him should listen to the way his, in many cases, legitimate concerns can be answered. They can be answered. Right. If the answer is satisfactory, uh, then uh, there's no more legitimate reason for doubt. So as with other areas that we've considered, we see a problem with Erdman's exaggerating the significance of the issues that he raises. This is a big deal. Well, no, it can be answered. Right. right? So the slant put on things is always tilted in the direction of doubt. Right. Of course, it sells books. <laughs> so even when other answers do exist, they do not lead to conclusions that he makes about the scriptures being full of problems. Right. 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 And, and it's it's. Uh, it's logical to see why skeptical scholarship popularizing this would be the case where it's like, oh, here's another quiver in the arrow for uh, the, the, the doubting community or the, the atheist community or, or uh, people can use this for, for you know, sowing seeds of doubt in, in believers. Okay. Uh, but the other one is 
because people haven't been exposed to this. Uh, you know, Christians haven't been exposed to this. They don't understand where the Bible came from, the transmission process, the the messiness of history. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it, like church yeah. history. If yeah. if you read about it, and you're like, wait, how close were we were to, to some things rather than others? And um, you know, the, uh, un- understanding that uh, that you know the the beaming God's word into people's brains isn't the the way that it happened. You <laughs> know, you right. don't just right. uh, you know uh, get a, a blinding light sent on you and you're suddenly downloaded with God's word and you start copying it without thought. And so, you know, I, I think Christians have this, um, this, uh, a historical, uh, um, facsimile in their mind of, of what the Bible is or how it got that way. And I just don't think people are, uh, turned on enough of what textual criticism is that this, Oh, that sounds very, you know, scholarly. And yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just, pay bills here and, and, <laughs> and figure out what God wants from me in my life and be able to, uh, you know, uh, um, tell the gospel to my coworkers. And that's scary enough. I don't want to have to learn about, you know, is, 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 is <laughs> that one verse and, uh, once you take it out, is the tr- Trinity done? And so, um, yeah. So, you know, uh, God has chosen to work with and through people right. down through the ages. Yeah. And of course that's messy. We're sinful creatures, but Somehow God has chosen to do that, and so we have what we have, right? right? But it's a continuation of exactly what we see in the Old Testament. Yeah. That, that's, that's what God uses. He, I mean, uh, you, you don't you, you read these from a perspective of, uh, of a, a both and. You know, uh, uh, Isaiah says, uh, you know, in, in, in Isaiah 6, uh, he, here's, here, I, was, I was, you know, walking along minding my own business. Suddenly I'm caught up to the, the throne room of heaven where uh, angel uh, 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 cleanses my lips with a hot coal and you know God's uh, the Jesus, starts Jesus, preaching, Jesus right? says like you know uh, whom shall I send yeah. and then he goes and says this is the word of the Lord mm. and so uh, uh, um, Michael Kruger in, in one of his books uh, the, uh, the question of the canon I believe it is uh, talks about how uh, the New Testament continues exactly what the, the Old Testament did with these these covenants and, and the fact that these letters are covenant based and, and, and the similarities between old and new Testament. It's the, the, the new Testament authors didn't think that they were doing some, something radical and revolutionary. Yeah. They were continuing the tradition of exactly the, what, what, was, what God the, had the, done the, in, in the, the, old, the, yeah. the, the prophets did the prophet, uh, before exactly. in the seers. Yeah. So good. So, um, so we need to be careful with undue skepticism because, uh, it kind of makes us John in terms of how we look at things. Right. Um, one more. I think we can do one more. Uh, so one more. Okay. Uh, the claim theory here is that there are more variants in the New Testament manuscript than there are words in the entire New Testament. Wow. So think about this. this there's probably something like 24,000 uh, words, give or take. And so there are 300 to 400,000, maybe more, maybe less, uh, variations within the text. Right. Wow. So That's a lot. You know, what is that? T- t- like. 10 changes for every one word? Yeah, yeah, right. So this has become one of Erdman's standard one-liners used in various media appearances and debates. Right. right. He often also adds that there are somewhere between 200,000 to 400,000 variances in our manuscripts. Mm-hmm. Wow, right? <laughs> <coughs> These numbers can overwhelm someone unacquainted with the field of textual criticism because, quite frankly, they mean little. Right. right. They right. don't mean it. They, I mean, they sound big, but mm-hmm. they mean little. Right. right? If, if you, uh, if you throw, if you're a pitcher and you th- uh, throw uh, um, th- three balls in your entire career, 
uh, and you've uh, struck out one batter. Well, that's really good. You you have a one hundred percent strikeout. Oh yes. man, that 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 person. I'm signing that person to the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Now, big if, number, yeah. but it doesn't mean very much. Right. right? Now throw out a million, yeah. and that number goes down. And yeah. so, uh, you know, when when statisticians do that for baseball, you know, they understand. Oh, oh wow, a, a point two three three uh, average. <laughs> wow, that's that's really impressive. Well, that's twenty percent. I you you get failing marks on a test for that. <laughs> but in baseball, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and so. So yeah. So, so why can these numbers? Why are these numbers? Why do they mean little? Right. Well, first of all, uh, as a response to the claim one uh, has has made clear, we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the New Testament manuscripts. No other piece of literature in antiquity even comes close. Right. Again, we have thousands and right. thousands right. and thousands. So where we have fifty two hundred, I think for for the Odyssey, it's like three hundred or it's it's something. I don't think it cracks a thousand. Yeah. yeah if, yeah. I mean, it's 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 far and away. Uh, I guess um, no one wants to read about a guy on a boat for <laughs> seven years getting back to his wife. <laughs> Actually, probably a lot of people did, and that's why we have as many <laughs> maybe, as we maybe. do. Right? Or, or <laughs> maybe it stayed on the shelf longer yeah, for most people. Right. And there weren't right. so many people thumbing through it. Thumbing through it and yeah. messing it up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, mostly this overwhelming amount of evidence for the New Testament manuscript is positive. Mm -hmm. The more manuscripts we have, the more comparison can be made by scholars to determine with higher probability the original words of the earliest manuscripts. Right. So we can compare one with the other and try to get an idea of what exactly right. was was the original. Right. Yeah. Again, uh, the, uh, the the scholars they group these types of manuscripts in in location or by textual variants or you know uh, uh, by what book of the Bible it's talking about. So uh, there are many different classifications that you can make, just like you do with anything in, in, in the science world, animals and plants and everything like that. So naturally, the more manuscripts we have the more variants we have, oh, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, because copyists made errors in copying. No, that's <laughs> yeah. the, really? Right. You mean right. people made copy mistakes? Wow. Right. Again, <laughs> you know, how is this copying being made? And we think, oh, you know, it's this guy. He's he's in this, this tome of scrolls. Uh, he's sitting down. He's got his little quill, and he's doing it carefully, and he's counting the numbers. Exactly. Well, so, some, some scribes did that, yeah. absolutely. But others are riding on horseback or donkey, and and uh, they're being chased by Roman soldiers, and they they're they're well. I have a three month journey to get to this next church. I I better start my copying, and so the 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 fact that uh, that people are writing in different forms in different ways, uh, it it costs money uh, to to produce these. So. Um, exactly uh, under what conditions there. If, if you had somebody in the family who was a, a learned person, maybe you'd take it to them. I mean, there are all these different ways that we we can uh, attribute th to the number of copies that we have. Right, and, and what we'll see here later on in the chapter is actually the the folks that did the copies were pretty well organized. <laughs> right, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the crazy thing about <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. just how well it has been preserved. yeah. yeah. Uh, so the large number of variants is actually a testimony to how much evidence we have. Right. And uh, um, honestly, if you if if you were to to, to be skeptical about uh, uh, the, the rise and fall of Julius Caesar, literally the fall of Julius Caesar, and you had fifty three hundred manuscripts all testing this, you say, uh, "Beware the eyes of March." I don't, I don't think I don't think he was assassinated. You're like, well, I have fifty three hundred documented. Yeah. Things and and if you had it in the same way that the New Testament does, scholarship would laugh in your face about you know Making you being that skeptical. Claims. Yeah, they would yeah. they would love to have this many. So, secondly, uh, the overwhelming majority of New Testament variances are just minor and insignificant. Right, right. 
Uh, most of the variances are spelling errors, nonsense readings that are easy to spot, meaningless word order changes, right, or uh, or Greek article changes that make no difference in the English right. translation. Right. Again, uh, we're not writing in English, so uh, to to say uh, you know the 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 quick brown fox or the brown fox that is quick, kind of the same, but yeah. in Greek it is almost pick your preference because yeah. <laughs> th- there there are there are changes that you can make depending on what school of, of training you went to or just how, how you can say it in this in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erdman himself at times has to admit that this indeed is the case. For example, he writes, quote, to be sure of all the hundreds of thousands of textual changes, changes found among our manuscripts, most of them, he tells us, are completely insignificant, immaterial, and of no real importance of anything other than showing the scribes could not spell or keep focused any better than the rest of us. Right, right. Quote, right. So if, if you know if you're trying to copy Peter and you're uh, a high fluting Greek scholar who's 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 read and written Greek his entire life, uh, Peter's uh, Greek is terrible, and so you might have a hard time being that terrible as a good Greek. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so there are are different different explanations uh, within right. this. So if most of these thousands of variants are insignificant, then why does Erdman Erdman keep uh, making statements about the numbers of changes being greater than the number of words in the New Testament, right? right? Uh, It makes makes for a nice soundbite. Right, (laughs) But... but does it does little to bring clarity to right. the discussion? It, it it would be uh, more beneficial, uh, well, more beneficial for for us, I guess, for him to say, out of the four hundred or so textual variants within the scope of the New Testament, eight of them are downright nefarious to the the Christian worldview or yeah. or, or doctrinal changes. Okay, well, eight doesn't sound like that that <laughs> impressive, but we can then focus on the eight. So there yeah. you go. All right, so that's uh, three of our six uh, for this chapter, and uh, we'll we'll finish up uh, next one uh, uh, with completing this chapter, hopefully. And um, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we um, we hope you um, are uh, encouraged by this and um, continue to understand that uh, this is just a small book that that is unpacking a lot more uh, textual variants. Again, it's a whole discipline within yeah, really. within uh, secular scholarship uh, too. That they do this with uh, different books or, or you know the Gettysburg Address. They 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 figure out okay what what might have been the actual Gettysburg Address. So that's that's really interesting too. Um, and so I I like the subject. It's it's how I got uh, uh, involved with uh, watching all of uh, James White stuff uh, because this is. It's really geeky stuff, so I appreciate this. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you do too. Hopefully it understands a little bit more, and hopefully it encourages you to understand, uh, you know, that that the Bible that we hold in our hand is trustworthy, but it's it's also not this, you know, uh, entire uh, monolithic thing that has come down from you know, directly on high in in the in the way that you might have. Uh, originally thought because yeah. it's it's God used people to accomplish yeah. his his purposes. Right. It, right, it did come down from on high, yeah. but in maybe and a they said way. exactly what God wanted them to say, and we have exactly what God wanted us to have, right? But it was messy, right? It was yeah. messy, and so there are trade offs to that. Yeah. And so um, many books out there. Uh, talk about this as well. So uh, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for continuing watching, listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time.